Broadcasting live from the phx.fm studio in Phoenix, Arizona. It's time for Valley Business Radio, spotlighting the Valley's best businesses and the people who lead them. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Arizona 100 podcast here at phx.fm. This is the show where we talk about the upcoming issue of the Arizona 100. I'm joined in the studio by Abby Fink publisher of the Arizona 100. Good to see you as always. Hello, hello. The world has changed so much since the last time we were talking. Uh, Lots on people's minds. But as always, you've got an upcoming issue that gives us a snapshot of interesting stories and events and issues of concern throughout the state of Arizona. So yep. what's going on, Abby? Well, just a couple of things I wanted to toss out. First of all, you know, the, when we chatted last time, we were talking about the fact that uh, what you did on Leap Day was going to define your character. So I'm assuming you did something character building and defining. I spent the day with my folks and then I had some friends in town. And so I and I went to a book signing. So I was pretty... Yeah, I, productive. I split the day between uh, some work in my home office and uh, riding bikes outside with the kids. So it was a pretty typical Saturday for us. Sounds like a great character building day. Yeah. So I was uh, waiting in line this weekend or in the drive through line to get my cup of coffee and got me thinking about how long are we willing to wait for certain things? So I had to put a little conversation starter out there and say, how long are we willing to wait? Like what's What's the appropriate amount of time and for what things are we willing to wait in line? Now, the coffee was fantastic. Was it worth the 15 minutes? Maybe. I mean, I wasn't going home to make it, so apparently it was. But I think about it, you know, you go to a restaurant and this hostess says, that'll be a 20 to 30 minute wait. Well, you can hop in the car, go to try to find another place. You probably just spent 30 minutes or do you wait? Right. What's worth waiting for? And what's the threshold? If it was 50 minutes to an hour, would that change? I think it's context dependent personally. I don't know if it depends on the thing, but who you're with, where where you are, what time of day, why you're there. Um, I don't know. It's a very interesting question. I, if probably tells us more about who we are as human beings and what matters to us, what we're willing to wait for and what we get impatient about. Right. I mean, I remember going to a concert where the the opening act or the, the the star act that I spent an awful lot of money to go see was three hours past the published starting time. And I waited, not happily at all, but I'd spent the money. So, I mean, if I leave, he's still going on. So what difference did it make to him? He, yeah. got, he got paid. Boy, those were the days. Yeah. And I remember being in college and if your professor didn't show up in 10 minutes, I was out. That was all I had to wait. I remember that actually... The ten minute rule. People say, "Well, you, you you don't have to wait," and that's not actually written down anywhere. But yeah, yeah. But when a whole classroom gets up, apparently it's a rule, right? Right. So defined by usage. Right. So um, I don't want to spend too much time on the topic, but I don't think we can have a conversation without at least mentioning what's happening around the world with uh, the coronavirus or COVID nineteen, as it's been shortened and talked about, but. Um, Lots and lots of information going on around there. The media is talking about it 24-7. Um, only advice I can offer here is I think we should rely on the experts, the medical community, so the you know Centers for D- Disease and Control, the World Health Organization, and really the others that are, that are intimately involved with um, the medical field is probably where our best sources of information are. Uh, lots of discussions in the business community around, you know, what should we do? What should we do to keep our employees safe? Should we travel? Shouldn't we travel? 
I think common sense has to play into a lot of this as well. So if you're not feeling good, stay home, wash your hands, be smart. It's probably my best advice you know, for being I, a non-medical person. Yeah, it's a, such a fascinating topic. It's obviously critically important. And, you know, the phenomenon is at least two things. One, the actual virus, the spread, the impact on real communities, real people's lives. The second phenomenon, of course, is the mass hysteria. Uh, and, and I think we have to remember that both those things are real. And yet we have to respond to them differently. Yes. Like how we respond to to the spread of another virus, which, by the way, we've seen this before. It's played out. I remember I was just talking about this last night when I was an undergraduate in 1994. I read a very large book, which is probably worth rereading. It's a wonderful book called The Coming Plague. And it was written by Laurie Garrett, who is a science writer. And it was uh, the subtitle was Emerging Diseases in a World Out of Balance. And it was a wonderful, it was the first time I ever learned about Ebola, about Legionnaire's disease, about Bolivian hemorrhagic fever, about toxic shock syndrome, about Kawasaki's disease, which then fast forward 20 years, my own son got. So it's, it's just, there's so much real information and history and real experts are trying to solve these problems. Uh, the solution to those is very different than the solution to the hysteria and the noise. So let's just remember that. Well, I think what's different, at least from my perspective, is we have access to information today that we didn't have during yes. those other examples, right? I mean, the news came on at 6 and 10. That's when you heard about it. You read your morning paper. It was done. Maybe talk radio. But now it's a 24-7 digital online social media. So we have lots of places to find information and a lot of places to create that. And I'm, I'm this is not about what's right or what's wrong. It's just more about, you know, as business, and this is what the focus of our of the Arizona 100 is, is business and what, you know, how things are impacting our communities. So I think we need to pay attention to it. I think we need to be smart. We need to make decisions that are right for our particular business. You know, as as an, a company that consults with businesses all over the, the world, really, we talk a lot about what do these kinds of things and how do they impact. And I think it's just smart to have those discussions and make make the decisions that are smart for your organization. And and for the people, because obviously you want the, you know, the health and safety of the folks that work for you is got to be top of mind when you're, when you're Absolutely. making these decisions. Absolutely. Very well said. So let's, uh, let's chat a little bit about what's, uh, what's coming up in our uh, um, issue, as well as, you know, the, the fabulous things that are happening around our state. So, um, I mean, we have perfect weather right now. This is why everyone wants to come to Arizona. Our springs are f quite phenomenal. Spring training is going on. Lots of great things happening. So you were just at a game recently. Was at a game. We did a staff outing. Took the team and uh, watched the Diamondbacks Rockies. It's a beautiful Friday afternoon out at the ballpark. So uh, yeah, you can't really beat it. You can't really beat it. So you know, we know we're a tourism mecca. That we have lots of visitors that come to the state of Arizona. We're regularly talking about um, new restaurants and hotels that are opening. So a shout out to uh, the Estrella at Casino del Sol in Tucson. It's an enterprise of the Pascoyaki tribe. They opened up a second hotel on their property adjacent to their casino property. About 150 rooms um, with all the upgraded amenities that we've come to expect in our hotel stays. And so if you find yourself in Tucson, we hope you will check out Estrella at Casino del Sol. Sounds lovely. I don't get down to Tucson enough. You're there quite often. Regularly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I've, I've lived in Arizona for 40 plus years and, you know, Tucson used to be a long drive from Phoenix to take the 10 to Tucson. And 
Uh, you know, obviously we have faster cars and faster freeways. So, um, you know, you can get there in about 90 minutes and uh, there's some spectacular, beautiful deserts, gorgeous resorts, lots of fun things, you know, and, and lots of activities to do. So if you're, you know, looking for a road trip, you should think about it. Give I, it a try. I'll do that. Maybe a field trip. Yes. You know, we're big on these field trips. I want to encourage everyone to visit all these places we talk about. You know what? That would be a fun game, like uh, the Arizona 100 bingo. You'd have to go to all the different places that have been mentioned in the publication. And then the you can win a free subscription. You oh. win a free subscription to the free... To the already free. Yeah. You know, winning is winning. <laughs> what you win is not always important. It's just the fact that you can claim winning. Isn't that the truth? So... um March is Career and Technical Education Month. You know, there is basically a day, week, or month for everything. Yes. But these are important um, career paths to be considering. Um, And our friends at Chase Building Team uh, have partnered with Lowe's, Timberland Pro, and Generation T for a program they're calling the Better Building Project. And what they're doing is they're working with high school students at Agua Fria High School, and they are building picnic tables, which will be some say at the high school and then others that are going to be donated to other schools and charities across the valley, which is a really cool project to do and then give back to the community. So it's teaching the kids a little bit um, about a trade and the technical aspects of building things. It is encouraging that um, passion in those students to consider this as a career path. But probably um, and maybe equally as important is the importance of teamwork working together for the benefit of the good of our community, which you can't go wrong. No, that's fabulous. And Chase Building Team always leading the way on innovative projects. And I love the fact that they're involving young adults in these things to get to really bring some awareness to what it's like to make something and contribute. Right. Yeah. Well, we spend so much time, um, you know, in, in advancing, you know, talking about secondary, uh, post-secondary education. What are we going to do once we graduate from high school? And, and the career and technical trades are important. I mean, we can't, um, we don't have a society without the stuff that we need and somebody has to be able to build those things. So it's a great opportunity for those kids to um, to figure out if that's a, a path they'd like to take and then show something for their efforts, which is, which is always good. So... Uh, Red Bull. Yes. Yeah. The energy drink. Do you know that the energy drink industry is an $8 billion um, industry? Doesn't surprise me at all. Wow. It's a category that was completely invented not that long ago. Didn't used to be a thing. Um, I mean, I I remember growing up and watching Mountain Dew commercials, and that's evolved quite a bit. There's a whole, I mean, they probably take up more uh, shelf Shelf space space than the the legacy beverages Beverages. that we... Well, good for Outside us. Outside the wine aisle, obviously. Right. <laughs> well, but good for us that, that, that the industry continues to um, expand because Red Bull is adding a distribution center in Glendale, Arizona. Um, they announced at the end of last year um, a, another facility was being built out there. So this is a 70,000, 700,000, excuse me, 700,000 square foot distribution center. Um, it's being built as part of um, an area called the New Frontier District, which is an industrial corridor um, out there near Luke Air Force Base. Uh, they're expecting to be open at the end of 2021. And of course, this means new jobs and new opportunities in our West Valley. So it's selling about 7.5 billion cans of Red Bull each year. 
you know, and the the footprint of this facility and and really everything that's happening there in the area. It's the same the same area that companies like White Claw, UPS, and REI have already really large campuses. So a lot of interesting things happening there uh, in in that in that part yeah. of the West Valley of our Glendale. corridor, there. right? The growing corridor of the western part of our valley. So we've talked before on the show about um, Arizona being a foodie community and that we have some of the best restaurants and and really some of the best chefs around. And um, fortunately for us, the fourth annual Nirvana Food and Wine Festival is coming to the Paradise Valley area April 16th through the 19th. So if you have not yet found your favorite um Michelin restaurant tour or James Beard chef finalists, perhaps you're more of a top shelf kind of person, top chef kind of person, you're going to have an opportunity to, to um, participate in this uh, four-day event. So um, take a look at the Arizona 100's calendar listing for the uh, Nirvana Food and Wine Festival details, April 16th through the 19th. Certainly bringing a lot of top talent and attention to this fast-growing and very dynamic part of our world. And, you know, if you're driving around um, virtually any one of our communities, you have got to be noticing um, the building of these high-rise mixed-use locations. Uh, These are buildings that have... um, Retail business on the um, bottom floors and then residential in the upper floors. These are a very um, modern urban type um, development project and um, a new one is going to be coming online in downtown Phoenix called Block 23. Uh, WeWork was one of the first tenants to open up there, um, about a 90,000 square foot location. Um, Ernst & Young is going in, and we will see some residential as well, the Ryan by Streetlights program, as well as a couple restaurants. So, um, you know, that community and creativity, that live, work, and play concept continues to be successful um, really throughout the state. Um, and the city of Phoenix downtown is uh, going to capitalize on that with that new project. Absolutely. And, it, you know, it's just part of this continuing story that we hear about the revitalization of the urban core of downtown Phoenix. Uh, this is also Cityscape's expansion uh, into the surrounding blocks, moving to Second Street and so on. So this is this is very interesting. And there's it's it's part of a general trend of innovative use of space and combining residential retail and, you know, other services. Right. And we continue to recognize the importance of that residential component, especially when we continue to hear news about businesses that are relocating here. And it probably would surprise no one to hear that um, Scottsdale is listed among one of the top places to consider for a move in the coming year. Uh, Florida, uh, the state of Florida ranked number one, but our city of Scottsdale is ranking right up there at the top. Um, it's 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 really no surprise when you think about the the quality of life and the types of amenities and such. They're there that resort style living that we are so proud of in Scottsdale, and 
folks are making the decision to, you know, not only relocate their businesses here to the valley, but to consider Scottsdale as their as their home. Yeah, it's interesting. You you mentioned at the opening of this show, you know, what we're willing to wait for, and it also is interesting to look at when we move, where we go. You know, whether we're moving to another location within the same county, whether we're moving across state lines, just fascinating stories emerging about how people are reorganizing their lives right. as we move into the future. Right. So, you know, one of the things that we, we've touched on briefly in some of our issues is, is really our, um, the education system here in the state and, and the fact that we have um, three very highly ranked public universities, um, a tremendously successful community college system, and the work, the amazing work that's coming out of the research um, centers at all of these um different universities. And and it was just recently announced that three professors from Arizona, um, two from Arizona State University, uh, excuse me, two from University of Arizona and one from Arizona State University have earned the National Academy of Inventors fellow designation. So that is given to academic innovators from around the world who have demonstrated this spirit of, of innovation, creativity, and really making that investment in inventing things that will make a tangible impact on our community. So congratulations to those two professors from the University of Arizona in Tucson and the individual in, at the Arizona State University in Tempe on that very noteworthy recognition. You know, we, we sometimes take technology and innovation for granted, but when you really think about all the different inputs that have to go into creating the really cool stuff that we, we have at the foundation of it, are new and innovative technologies, patentable concepts, you know, products, things that use unique mechanisms, and the National Academy of Inventors uh, is a real centralized repository of so much of this innovation, the people who are driving the development of the future through creating and inventing new things that can be patented, that can be licensed, that can be incorporated into the stuff that we'll end up using and, you know, the Jetsons right. uh, kind of lifestyle that we're, we're going to end up at before too long. Oh, I wanted that Jetsons lifestyle. <laughs> I wanted to you could still have it. I mean, I wanted a refrigerator that could talk to me, and now they can talk to you. You know, it's funny to me, uh, just side note here, that um, the Jetsons aesthetic is now retro. Yes, true. That, that, you know, that that in and of itself tells us something about how far we've come, and yet I still don't have my flying car, so. But not my, we don't have to wait much longer, I don't think. They're driving themselves now, so it's only a matter of time before they fly. I'm, I'm glad they're driving themselves, or we'll be a lot safer when there's no human blind spots. Right. Piloting large hunks of metal. I know, totally off. But I used to love the Flintstones and I used to love the Jetsons. Two completely different genre time frames, right? The caveman era and then this futuristic view. And here we are really living that futuristic view. But those are my two favorites. 1984 was a long time ago, but still true today. Yes, those were my favorites. So technology, as we drift back to, um, you know, lots of lots of advisors and consultants, 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 cons, people that consult to businesses, Whew. consultants and consultancies, correct, would say that a business, um, you know, almost doesn't exist unless they've got a, a presence online, right? We, as a, as a society now, we just immediately go online to find something. If we can't find it, it probably doesn't exist, right? But that doesn't mean that businesses have the, you know, the internal technology to do that or the savvy to do that. And it can be a little bit expensive. So um, 
There's a company based here in the um, Scottsdale, Phoenix area called Fast Turtle Digital. And recognizing that importance, they have launched what they're calling Fast Sites by Fast Turtle, which is a really a turnkey approach to creating um, your website, um, very reasonably priced, and gives you an opportunity to get that um, first website out or, or update a current website, um, not making a huge financial investment, but getting what you need to you know, be functioning in that online space. So um, check out Fast Sites by Fast Turtle if you are opening a business, growing a business, and just need a presence online, they'd be happy to talk to you. Absolutely. And a, a few months ago, we had Eric Olson and Amanda Set from Fast Turtle here in the studio. And just the depth of knowledge they have, this is the business, 19 years at the forefront of powering small businesses through this kind of thing. It, it really is a solution to a problem a lot of people have, which is, you know, you try to build it yourself. It takes too long. It breaks. It's not secure. It's not up to speed, et cetera. And it doesn't actually do the work you want it to do. So, you know, there's no sense in building a billboard 20 miles off the interstate. You not only need the, the website, but you also need the marketing strategies that go along with it. And that's what Fast right. Turtle is bundling here. Right. And, you know, most most businesses, most entrepreneurs are not going into that business to be web developers. They're being into whatever they do. And this is a necessary part of their business model. So, yeah, it's a good opportunity to um, to take a look at that and see if that's an investment that I'm um, really an investment in your business that's that's worth um, considering. And let me just put one, um, you know, another final conversation around just recommendations and advice um, as we as business owners and the community is um, continuing to look at um the marijuana in the in the workplace, boy, that was not a great transition. <laughs> marijuana in the workplace, and and what um, the impact of of those with a uh, medical need and have been prescribed the opportunity to use that for their medical purposes, and what as employers we need to be considering um, as it relates to our workplace safety and our policies in place. Um, one of the attorneys at Quarles and Brady, Stephanie Quincy, has um, offered up some advice in this coming issue. It's one of our more extended articles. We call it a 100-plus story. So it's actually a little bit longer than 100 words, but we felt a topic like this was deserving of a bit more attention. But it's really making some high-level recommendations about what employers should be doing. Um, and really, it, it all falls to the safety component, um, You know, recognizing that there are some individuals in our midst that may be uh, medically required or medically allowed to use uh, marijuana, and what do you do to make sure that they're safe in the workplace and that the rest of your employees are are as well? So um, give that one a read. It's a little bit longer than the 100 words, but I think worth the investment of time to make some smart decisions about those policies for your business. You know, and I, I actually really think that there is a thread through a number of these stories. If you if you think about you know, we need to change the way we use technology to meet a, a current environment in which there's a lot more opportunity, but there's also some downside risk to manage with cybersecurity and so on. Uh, we need to change the way we think about conferences and large gatherings as the coronavirus continues its spread. We also need to stay at the forefront of thinking about changing uh, rules and regulations in the workplace as we come to appreciate different dimensions 
of you know the the way marijuana can be used as medicine for certain people. We also need to understand that we still need to maintain its safety and structure and all those things. So it's it's fascinating to see these conversations evolve as businesses really try to think through what's what's right, what's right for us, what's right for our people, what's right for our customers, for our community. Right, and and, and really what she's saying is that exact point is whatever is the right thing for your particular business. Just be you know be aware, make these you know make the the policies in place, and and so you have that to be able to you know to guide your your employees and on my final um, little story so you talk about you know kind of this shift in in you know what our what our attitudes are in the workplace and such so March 20th is International Day of Happiness you gotta love that right we're gonna celebrate this idea that um we all want economic growth we all want to be successful in our businesses but being kind to each other and, um, you know, really what it means to, to be happy and the impact of that on, on our workplaces. So if Leap Day created character building, I suspect March 20th could do the same. So as you go out into the, the rest of this work week and into next and you take the Arizona100.com with you, celebrate a day of happiness on and, March 20th. And those two stories, you know, remember that 320 <laughs> comes before 420. So, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, well, this is this is great. And I think happiness is something we forget is a common human goal. And that whatever our differences and whatever concerns and challenges we face, if we remember that every one of us is trying to, to in our own way, find some kind of happiness and fulfillment in life, that mindset alone might change the way we interact with each other and change some of the appreciation we have for our differences as well as what unites us. Right, right. So that wraps up the 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 um, issue. Now to get all the details on these on these stories, the folks should keep listening to this podcast, obviously, but they should also get the Arizona 100 delivered directly to their inbox. It's a free publication. How do they subscribe? It is free. It comes out twice a month, second and fourth Thursday of each month. You can subscribe at thearizona100.com. Just give us your email. We'll be happy to send that to you. And if you've got some interesting business news or some thought leadership that you think our readers would be interested in and have us have a conversation about it here, we'd love to hear from you as well. That information can be sent to editor at thearizona100.com. And we publish 12 stories of 100 words, or in this case, 100 plus, um, every two weeks. So we would love to hear from our um, our listeners. And if you've got some good information, we would be happy to uh, consider that for an upcoming issue. And it's a great way to get your story, your update, your perspective uh, in front of a very large audience of people here in Arizona who are interested in unique and compelling things happening around the state, things that affect our lives, but also their communities uh, and their families as well. As always, Abby Fink, publisher of the Arizona 100, it is such a pleasure to have you join me here in the studio. Thanks for being here. Glad to be here. For all of us here at phx.fm, this is Dr. Adrian McDyer. We'll see you next time on the Arizona 100 show. 